take a deep breath and remember there's a power breathing you. This is your space of sanity in an evolving world where we learn about spiritual law and how to apply it to our lives in a way that is practical and life-changing. This is where we remember truth to make the world a better place one person at a time. I'm Claire Lotier, inspirational speaker, teacher of the technology of transformation, and a certified life mastery consultant and spiritual coach. Welcome to the Grace Space. Does life often feel like a struggle to you? Do you have that feeling of swimming upstream against the current? Do you sometimes feel overwhelmed by your emotions? Are you often tired, depleted, or exhausted by negative self-talk? Do you ever have that feeling like you wish you could just escape from yourself? <laughs> Is your sleep affected by your emotional state and that you have a hard time falling asleep or staying asleep? Or, or maybe you wake up in the morning feeling heavy and dreading the day. Do you feel tense, irritable, angry, or sorry for yourself? Do you find yourself complaining or blaming other people or the system or the economy, the politicians, the corporations, the virus, the job market, climate change, or other external conditions for the way things are in your life? Maybe you worry about the people that you love and you want to try to control their behavior to assuage your anxiety. Or maybe you self-medicate with food or alcohol, drugs, or entertainment to escape your feelings. Maybe you just know that something has to change because your life can't possibly be meant to be so difficult and dense. I'm Claire Lotier. Welcome to Season 2 of The Grace Space. I've done a lot of contemplation about how to best serve you this season. And our focus is going to be on helping you to shift your perspective on what stress really is and how to let go, release negativity, and make the daily experience of stress a thing of the past. What if life doesn't have to be hard? The life we experience is a product of our consciousness. So if you're worn out by it all, it's time to stop the insanity that's going on in your mind. When we're in the grip of the mind, as most people are, we're in the grip of insanity. By its very nature, the mind has an insane, in other words, unhealthy, dysfunctional relationship with the present moment. That's what we're going to talk about today and how you can stop the insanity by shifting your perspective. So let me ask you a question. Do you believe that it's possible to live with grace and ease? Would it really truly be okay with you if your life got a whole lot easier? It's easy to answer a question like that almost flippantly, like, well, of course that would be okay with me. On the surface, anyway, it seems obvious that we should all be happy for our lives to be easier. 
but we are multifaceted, complex human beings. All the feelings that I described a moment ago at the top of the episode are common forms of negativity that represent our resistance to living with grace and ease. And while we may say and believe that we want a certain result or condition at the conscious level, unconscious programs are operating within us that are at odds with us receiving what we say we want. So this is a recipe for frustration and discouragement. Dismantling our negative programming and achieving freedom is the focus of my life, both personally and professionally. I've been a student of this and I continue to be and it's what I help people with every single day. And I've been able to observe this curious contradiction in myself and in other people between what we say we want and truly long for and our unconscious resistance to it. In this series, Living with Grace and Ease, we're going to examine what gets in the way of us living with more grace and ease and how to dissolve those obstacles. Now, the truth is we usually make things harder than they have to be. The greater part of our suffering is unnecessary. It's created in the mind. And so to get to the root of the problem, we have to look at two things, our programming and the nature of the ego. Last year in season one of the grace space, we spent a good deal of time talking about paradigms. In other words, the programming we received growing up that determines our worldview. That is how we perceive, experience, and interpret reality. We can only experience the contents of our own consciousness. And our paradigm determines that content. It's written according to your belief, it shall be done unto you. So we experience a subjective reality that fulfills our expectations of how life is according to our predominant belief systems, our programming. And the paradigm is also self-reinforcing in that we tend to seek out and congregate with people who share our worldview. And in so doing, we reinforce the perception that our view represents an objective reality. So this is one of the difficulties in extricating yourself from a limiting paradigm is that you're not the only one who's in it. You have to go against not only your programming, but the collective programming, and that is quite a challenge. There are certain shared core beliefs in our society that keep us from living with more ease and grace. So let me know if these core beliefs or agreements sound familiar to you, if you share them, if you grew up with them. Here's one. We only deserve things through hard work, struggle, sacrifice, and effort. Suffering is beneficial and good for us. And how about this one? You can't get something for nothing. And, and it's corollary. If it's easy, it can't be worth too much, right? Or something is too good to be true. So there's general agreement that these statements are true and an accurate description of reality. In other words, they're part of our collective paradigm. But we are living in an evolutionary moment. We are living in a paradigm shift right now. 
we're in a period of change, of upheaval. We're being shaken up and shaken down, and it's okay. Humanity evolves and always has evolved through apparent chaos. I say apparent chaos because there is a higher order in what we're going through now, and we must let go of the old and welcome the new in order to evolve. People are afraid of the new because it's unknown. That's all. It's just unknown. We don't know what it is. So we're afraid of it. But what if the new is wonderful? What if the new is a whole new world order of ease and grace? What if we've been bracing ourselves for a blow when what's coming is a caress? The law of sacrifice says, well, if you see season one of this podcast, we did a series on the universal spiritual laws, and uh, one of them is the law of sacrifice. The law of sacrifice says that we're never asked to sacrifice the greater for the lesser. That wouldn't make any sense. But only the lesser for the greater. To step into a greater light, we must be willing to let go of old ways of thinking and being. We must be willing to let go of the old paradigm, the old operating system, even if we don't know what's coming next. And we've all done this before. We can look at our recent past and we can see the evolution of consciousness exemplified in ways large and small. In my own family, I remember that when I was a child, we always had our cats declawed. We are a total cat family, although we've also had dogs and we love dogs. We're cat crazy and always have been. My mom is on the board of the Humane Society. She devotes her life to making life better for animals. And I've never known anyone who cares more about her cats than my mom. And when I was growing up, we routinely had our cats declawed because that was just the thinking. So they wouldn't scratch the furniture or you. It didn't mean that we loved our cats any less. We didn't think of it as cruel. I remember them coming home from the vet with their little front paws wrapped up in bandages. And then something shifted and we just stopped doing that. Not like someone reprimanded us or there was any one moment where the light shone on us and a decision was made. It just stopped being a possibility in consciousness for us. And we almost didn't notice. It was only one day looking back, I realized that we would never do that now. And we hadn't done it in years. But there had never been any discussion about it. Our consciousness just shifted. Now we would see that behavior as self-serving rather than having the health and welfare of the animal at heart. We were less aware back then. Now we're more aware. As we grow in our awareness, our behavior changes and our reality shifts accordingly. So however many people may share a belief system, that does not give validity to the belief system if it's not aligned with truth. Millions of people have shared beliefs that were disastrously false and led to suffering on a massive scale. There's more than enough evidence for this in the last century alone. So just because we agree on something in large numbers doesn't make it true or right. Slavery was once regarded as normal, after all. And slavery itself represented an advance in consciousness from what came before. Before, when one group defeated another group, the winners simply butchered the losers. 
The idea that the defeated could be sold for money as slaves instead of massacred demonstrated a view that human life had some value, at least economically, whereas before it didn't. Eventually, the understanding of the value of human life evolved to an understanding of its intrinsic nobility, at which point slavery could no longer be seen as acceptable by the majority. And I'd like to suggest to you that we're continuing to evolve in our perception of the value of human life now, such that the paradigm many of us grew up with that says that life is hard, that we can only deserve things through struggle, that suffering is good for us and necessary, and all the grimness of self-sacrifice, we're starting to realize that that's a pretty sadistic view of life. What if we don't? have to struggle and suffer? What if that's not an obligation? What if that's an old idea based on a belief in sin and shame and punishment? What if we're not inherently flawed and sinful, but inherently divine? This is the truth that's dawning on us now. What if we are inherently deserving of all the good we dream of? What if it is indeed our Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom as we were told? What if what we long for is ours for the asking? We have got some old programming to undo because we fully bought into the old paradigm. And what we buy into becomes true for us. It becomes our experience of reality while we believe it. Many of us really doubt that things could be just easy. We tend to think, what's the catch? This is going too well, right? When's the other shoe going to drop? Things are going too well, you start to worry and sabotage yourself back into your comfort zone. Just think about anyone you know, if you know anyone like this, who seems to achieve success effortlessly. People like that tend to arouse envy in others, who are annoyed by the fact that the person didn't get where they are through pain and anguish. Because there's the belief that sacrifice and suffering are the price we have to pay for success and accomplishment. And when someone operates outside of that belief system, we resent them for it because they're demonstrating a level of freedom that we won't allow ourselves because of the paradigm loyalty and unconscious guilt. So it can be useful to understand where this paradigm comes from to give us some context. It comes from 2,000 plus years of a really tough go for human beings. The astrological age of Pisces, which officially ended in 2012, was a 2,160-year evolutionary period marked by a consciousness of separation, competition, and hierarchy, where power over others and ruthlessness allowed humans to survive and thrive. People could be controlled and punished through guilt and shame. And yet this paradigm served a purpose and it helped us to evolve to where we are now in the age of Aquarius, which is a totally different paradigm. This age is about embracing oneness, cooperation, 
and contribution. And integrity is now a requirement for advancement. The intrinsic value of humanity is being recognized. As they say, what got you here won't get you there. So we can't operate by the old map anymore. That map might have worked for the last age, but it doesn't apply to this one. You might as well be trying to find your way around Denver with a map of Chicago. It's not going to work. Ultimately, to free ourselves, we must also recognize the perversion of this old paradigm. And it's being in contradiction to what we have been told by all the great souls and masters and yogis throughout the ages, the gist of which is that we live in a benevolent, abundant universe where everything is ours for the asking. That we're unconditionally loved and accepted by source. That we have the free will to choose and that our choices are honored by the universe, whether we go away from the light or toward the light. That there is no angry God waiting to judge us, but that we create heaven or hell for ourselves based on what we think and hold to be true. So can we agree that collectively we've been operating within a paradigm that has made it hard to believe in a life of ease and grace? Understanding the context of it makes it easier to see why we make things harder than they have to be. The only way to change things on the collective level is to change yourself on the individual level. This is the law. So it's up to each and every one of us individually to notice the resistance we have to allowing life to be easier to notice the negativity that arises within ourselves and to learn how to let go of it. If you pay attention, you'll notice an unconscious belief. Well, it won't be unconscious anymore once you've noticed it, but a belief that complaining, blaming, and generally being negative will somehow change a situation that you don't like. We think that by resisting what is, we can somehow manipulate reality and get what we want, but it doesn't work. I remember when I suddenly became aware of this unconscious belief in me that unhappiness buys you what you want. It wasn't that long ago. I had been refused boarding on an international flight because I didn't have a negative COVID test. It was totally my oversight. At my final destination, no test was required, but where I was transiting through, they did require a negative test, and I had somehow allowed myself to overlook that. Well, when they wouldn't let me get on the plane, and it turned out that the airport testing center was closed because it was a Sunday, I... <laughs> Well, I freaked out. I mean, I felt so helpless and impotent, and I could feel this energy of rage rising up in me. And I mean, that was, it's been a really long time since I've felt that kind of, that kind of reaction in myself. But there it was. The truth is I was angry at myself, not at anybody else, people who were just doing their job. And this negative self-talk began with the mind alternating between self-blame and self-justification. So on the one hand, how could I have been so stupid? And on the other hand, what a ridiculous policy. <laughs> it went on and on. I'm talking to myself, I had an intuitive hit about this yesterday and I didn't do anything about it. I didn't listen. 
the airline probably won't refund my ticket anyway. I hate these stupid arbitrary travel rules. Shut up, Claire. This is all your fault. Why didn't you get a test? Why? Because it seemed too complicated because I didn't want to spend $250 on a test and now I was spending $3,000 to buy another ticket and stay another night in a hotel because I think I'm above the rules. What's the matter with me? And I observed all of this. I was engulfed by a conflagration of anger, self-pity, outrage, misery, and despair. And to top it all off, self-condemnation for having all of those feelings in the first place because I'm a coach and I'm supposed to be able to defuse that stuff as soon as it comes up. Well, not this time. Well, I had a little pity party for a while, a few hours. And that night, I was exhausted and shaking from this emotional storm. And I was sitting in a dingy hotel room off the airport, the only room I'd been able to get on such short notice, feeling utterly sorry for myself. And suddenly, I had a memory from childhood. We were at the beach as a family, and I was out in the ocean. And I'd gone to where my feet could no longer touch the ocean floor, and I felt the power of the undertow pulling me out to sea. At least that was my perception of it, whether it was true or not. I felt helpless and scared, and I started screaming for my dad, who was on the shore, to come and get me. And from his perspective, it must have looked like I was just being dramatic because he yelled back at me, swim, (laughs) just swim, like he was really annoyed. (laughs) And I just kept yelling for him to come and get me. I felt powerless. I just didn't think I could do it. Well, exasperated, he swam out to me and he towed me back in dismissively, like I was making a big deal out of something that wasn't a big deal. And I couldn't help feeling a little ashamed of myself. As this memory replayed in my mind, I was struck by the similarity between that feeling, that moment, and this one. Here I was, feeling helpless, swept out to sea by an emotional storm in the undertow, right? Seemingly unable to get back under my own steam. And I was crying out for my father to come and save me. And it dawned on me that somewhere in me, I thought that my resistance to the situation, my disagreement with it, my judging it and myself as wrong and stupid and all the negative emotions that accompanied the non-acceptance were what I believed subconsciously would change the situation and get me what I wanted. Of course, the opposite is true. It was a sobering moment, and I realized that spiritual maturity and peace of mind required dropping that negativity completely. Our negativity and resistance never help a situation any more than worrying about something helps. They're completely fruitless, but we somehow believe that by holding on to them, we can influence outcomes in our favor. So if we're honest, we notice that we get a payoff from our negativity. There's an attachment to the identity that we've made from our struggling or suffering self. And the ego does not want to relinquish that attachment because it strengthens itself by it. We discover that deep down, we don't really want positive change. 
because it would threaten our identity. A life of ease and grace does not mean a life without challenges. Life is not here to make us happy. It's here to challenge us so that we grow and go within. Ease and grace come from a stance or a mudra or an attitude toward life that is acceptance of what is. And that's exactly what the ego doesn't want. The minute you totally and unreservedly accept what is, accept the form that this moment takes, and when there's no more resistance, well, the ego ceases to exist in that moment. It has nothing to prop itself up with because it survives on our resistance. If I had been sufficiently conscious during the little drama that I've described to you, if I'd been sufficiently conscious to instantly surrender my resistance to the situation, it might have played out differently, who knows, or it might not have, but either way, I would not have suffered as I did. Can you see how resistance and negativity perpetuates suffering in your own life? Can you see the insanity and futility of denying what is? Don't let any of us go for another day believing that this perverse way of operating will somehow buy us what we want when nothing could be further from the truth. We can learn to shift our perspective by totally accepting this moment as it is. Ask yourself, what is it costing you? to hold on to your negativity. Anxious thoughts, sleepless nights, regretting the past, worrying about the future, clinging to scraps of happiness while fearing and dreading the inevitable down cycle. If you really want peace, if you really want to live with grace and ease, Make a decision to stop the insanity. I want to thank you for joining me today as we begin our second season of The Grace Space. If you're feeling exhausted, overwhelmed, and burned out on life, I hope you'll join me each week because, as I said, our focus is going to be on helping you to shift your perspective on what stress really is and how to let go release negativity, and make the daily experience of stress a thing of the past. And if you'd like to go deeper and work with me personally, please check out the links in the episode info. Everything's in there, and I hope you'll reach out to me if you feel called to do so. I'll see you next week. Meanwhile, walk in grace. Thank you for joining me in the grace space where you're always in the right place. If you love this podcast, I invite you to subscribe to it and submit a review if you feel called to do so. Also, be sure to sign up for my newsletter right here. I look forward to spending this time with you again next week. Meanwhile, I send you love and blessings. Bye for now.